Welcome to the program. Welcome to the program. My name is Willie Lawson. I am so thrilled that you are listening. I'm so thrilled that you're still out there, that you're still supporting me. I appreciate that greatly. I've got a couple of things to, to talk about before we get started um, today. First thing, uh, I have decided to go back channel with a, a website called Collide. C-O-L-L-I-D-E dot com. Collide. Collide is a place where I can put up material posts, whether written, um, videos, audio, or whatever, outside the prying eyes of Facebook, or Twitter, or Instagram, or Snapchat. And I don't have to worry about it being um, demonetized, um, just the opposite as a matter of fact. I don't have to worry about it uh, being um, shadow banned, I don't have to worry about it being throttled. I don't have to worry about any of that. And I think that that's super important um, in this discussion as we move forward in the current state of the uh, social media game and how the game is being played currently. Um, it is important to be able to go back channel to have other ways and means to reach our audience with it, the important information that we have. So uh, if you will go to collide, C-O-L-L-I-D-E dot com, and join my fan base there, I would highly appreciate it. It's, it's a new project, and it has some of the videos you might have seen either on Facebook or on uh, YouTube and some of the programs that I've done on Ball Talk Radio, some of them old, some of them new. But in the next month, there's going to be Collide-only exclusive content on the website. So if you'll go and join now, That'll let me know that that's something that that you're looking forward to and it's something that I should pay attention to. I really think that it's a way moving forward, um, especially um, we're fighting the, the good fight against um, censorship everywhere. But in the meantime, we have to find areas that we can have these discussions and have um, this commentary without being throttled and demonetized and the like by those in charge of social media. Don't you think? Don't you think? Collide. C-O-L-L-I-D-E dot com slash fightback media. Collide dot com slash fightback media. All one word. I appreciate that. Something else. The second thing really important. On August 21st through 25th in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Urban Game Changers is having their first annual conference. Now, the cool thing about our first annual conference is that it is that it coincides with the celebration of ADOS. You do you know what ADOS is? ADOS is the African Descendants of Slaves. The this is the fourth, excuse me, the four hundredth uh, anniversary of the African Descendant of Slaves on the continent of North America. So we're going to celebrate the accomplishments of African descendants of slaves. Um, we're going to do a lot of that. It's going to be great. Uh, we we're going to have all sorts of speakers, all sorts of, um, of panels, and it's going to be held at a really nice resort so you can take some time off, that you can sort of put your feet up and, and, and relax and get a massage and get a pedicure, get, you know, get a, a, a manicure, um, it's going to be great. It's going to be a fabulous event. You know, a lot of times when when groups like ours try to have their first national conference, it's at the Days Inn somewhere 
um, because of, of money and um, usually not very well attended. But we're looking forward to having a big crowd and um, in a really nice place because we, we want to reward you, especially y- y- those of you who have stuck in tight with all of us on all our different platforms, who have, who have held tight, who have supported us um, all, all this time. We want you to come and enjoy and relax and have this conversation with us. I'll be there. Again, it, it's August 21st through 20, the 25th. I'm only going to be there on the 23rd and the 24th. Um, T. West will be there. Um, Phil Scott, of course, Shirley Huzar, Sonny Johnson. <laughs> and there's more. And there's more. So it should be a great time. Again, if, if you want more information, go to www.urbangamechangers.com www.urbangamechangers.com we appreciate that alright now now I want to make sure that I got that out of the way because I didn't, I didn't want to forget because you know <laughs> I was watching a dude on TikTok um, and it was, it's, it's a funny video he said you know getting older you just kind of walk around thinking uh, what, what, what was I going to say <laughs> and I thought yeah that's kind of what getting old is so I thought that was really funny but I wanted to get that out early. The two things, collide.com slash fightbackmedia and www.urbangamechangers.com. All right, listen, um, the, there's a, there, there was a Democrat debate on tonight, and I'm going to tell you, I did not watch it. I, you know what? I avoid that stuff on purpose. I was actually talking to Shirley Hussar. Um, she's in California and it was about to come on to the TV when I, I called her and she was trying to get off the phone with me, which is the most amazing thing ever. Cause that woman never tries to get off the phone with me <laughs> ever. Um, she has no respect of time zones. She's in California. I'm in Florida. So we are at the opposite end of the spectrum as far as time, time zones go. So she has no, she has no respect of time zones. So if she calls me at 11 o'clock my time, she's perfectly good which is 8 o'clock her time, talking until 10 o'clock her time, to her time, which is 1 a.m. here. Um, so she was really interested in, in listening to what the Democrats who are running for the nomination of their party had to say. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't give two craps what any of them have to say. No, I'm not open-minded. I'm not looking, I'm just not looking to be lied to for an hour and a half by these people, and, and I'll tell you why because this, this sort of tell this sort of perpetuates and started the the impetus for this particular um, episode. There's been much much talk about Donald Trump being a racist. There's been so much racist talk that trending on. Um, on YouTube and trending on Twitter were uh, recently released phone conversations between Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan, where Reagan purportedly, well, let me give background because context, context and nuance are, are, are ultimately important here. Um, this is right around the time, 1971, 72, where the UN is recognizing communist China. And allowing communist China not only to be in the UN, but they ended up being in the Security Council. Now, if you're in the UN Security Council, um, that's the little cabal that sort of runs things in the UN. 
each each member has veto power of anything that comes up. If one member nation says no, then whatever the other eight, I think there are nine countries, whatever the other eight want is is done. The United States is there. Great Britain is there. Um, now, um, Communist China, the Soviet Union are members of the UN Security Council. There you go. So the, the, the this is during that time. And Reagan is on the phone to with Nixon. And what he says is that he was really upset. He was disgusted um, by those those monkeys from from Africa that were excited about China being uh, a member of the UN. You know, most of them are just getting comfortable wearing shoes. Hmm. Huh, well, <laughs> terrible, terrible thing to say. Um, awful thing to say if it is indeed, if that video, if that audio that came out that was supposedly released by the National Archives. Now, why it was released now, we're going to talk about that too. If that audio is is valid and, and is true, terrible thing to say. But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to spend any time worrying about the rantings of a dead man because he may have been racist. He may have said something horrible and insensitive. <laughs> I'm just not going to. Because this this is exactly what the left wants us wants us to do. They want us to concentrate on racism right now. My friend Shirley put up a Facebook post a little bit ago. What are, you know? Basically, what it says: What are the Democrats going to run on? They're going to run on Trump hate and racism. And they had to find a way to make Republicans. I mean, they're going to go back to the the standard. They got to make Republicans racist somehow. If you, if you are a if you are a Trump supporter, you are racist. If you are a Republican, you are racist. And being being racist is the worst thing you could possibly ever be. So this is their plan going forward. So anything that anybody said that, that any of us say that is contrary to the pablum that is being pushed by anybody on the left, especially if that person happens to be a person of color, black black person or Hispanic, then um, that's what they're going to go after. And this whole idea that this is important, frankly, offends me. It just offends me. And you're thinking, how, how does that offend you, Willie? Well, I'll tell you why. Because what black people are being told by this. Here's the dog whistle. Here's the code in all of this is that black people need white Democrats for protection. Black people need white Democrats for protection because without the white Democrat, we would be at the mercy of of the terrible white racists, put them back in chains, conservatives. This is the narrative 
that they are are pushing. And along with that narrative is the the inability for black people to be, quite frankly, responsible for anything that happens to us, that I'm somehow not responsible for anything that's happened to me because there is in, there is and has been institutionalized racism that has always caused me to not maintain or, or attain my potential. You see, so any of my failures are not my failures. They're the failures of a racist, bigoted system, you see that is has always been geared against the black man i.e. me so i'm not responsible for my own failures now here's here's a problem with this narrative so what you're telling black people is that you are not responsible for what has happened to you that we bear no personal responsibility that it's all rate that it's all racism you know, you guys saw the Ben Shapiro video. I think I posted it on my page where someone's mentioning, you know, why are things where they are? And, and and Shapiro just says he doesn't believe it's race. He believes it's culture. And boy, the black people just all threw up their hands and, and just couldn't, just couldn't. But their expression changed when he started asking questions. Why doesn't the left care when black people are shooting other black people in massive numbers in places like Chicago? Why don't they care about that? Why don't they care about the substandard schools? He didn't mention this. I'm mentioning this. The substandard schools all over the nation that are all in black neighborhoods. Why don't they care about the Planned Parenthood clinics that are killing more black people than Killing, killing more unarmed black people than the police that are killing more unarmed black people than than the Ku Klux Klan. Where are they? Where are their concerns there? Where are their concerns when in the 1970s there was a out of wedlock birth percent at 20 percent that that now hovers between 70 and 75 percent? Where? Why are they concerned? about that there you know the people who were laughing a second ago were their expressions changed and i've mentioned that on this program before that black people have a lot of culturally self-inflicted wounds and i think it's because we have um it isn't i'm so and i know a lot of a lot of people who are my friends um that i agree with maybe 85% of stuff will say that it is, this is all remnant of slave of 400 years of slavery. And, and, you know, and in 50 years of Jim Crow that has, has this built into our DNA. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Okay. I'm just going to call bullshit on it. The only, you know, and, and it may not be fair, but the only experience that I have is my own. And I'm not the person who walks around every day thinking, "Golly, my people were my people. You know, my my ancestors were were slaves. You know, they may hung some of my ancestors from trees. I I've been in the South since I was seven, so we're talking. I I've lived 
um, all my adult life in the South, all of my adult life in the South. Um, so this is where it was supposed to be bad. And most days, I never think about slavery. Well, they would say, well, it's unconscious. Well, they would say it's unconscious because then it's hard to disprove, isn't it? You don't know you're thinking about it, but you really are. Huh? That's some, yeah, I'm going to call bullshit on that too. Um, but because of this narrative, and the narrative is more important than the truth, then what they're trying to do right now, what we're seeing right now, is they're trying to make being racist the worst thing possible. And at all cost, we must not let the racist win. And the only people who can defend us against the races are the rich white liberals. The rich white progressives. Those are the only people that we that, that can save us. Because black people are, quite frankly, if you are a person who is not responsible for your own destiny, then you are a child. That's the same situation that you put children in understand children you know we have a lot of kids who people will say in the numbers and i mentioned some of these numbers in past programs these children are living below the poverty level frankly every child is living below the poverty level because they have no income of their own the only income they have is the income of their parents they are living someplace that may be rat infested because of their parents or their the people who the adults who are in charge of them and they bear no responsibility in that. You know, that's why I didn't have any problem, frankly, working in in schools when I was working in education that were in a little bit rougher areas. And I like I didn't have any problem with the kids because the kids were the kids were just the kids. They didn't have any choice where they lived. They didn't have any choice about the environment they were in. They couldn't make those decisions. Their parents made those decisions. So I never held it against the kids, which made my time in the system when I taught in those places a lot easier. When I say time in the system, it sounds like I was in jail. My time, you know, the time that I spent teaching in the public school system or working in the public school system, um, I didn't really have any problem with any of the children because the children were the children. Whether I taught in a, in a, quote, nice school, end quote, in a nice area, quote, end quote, um, those kids didn't have any choice where they went either. They didn't get any special um, points because they lived in a, in, you know, in a community that valued education. And they valued what I was doing. It, they didn't get any extra point because of it because they didn't have any choice either any more than the kids who were from certain schools where education wasn't valued as, as highly. And what I did wasn't valued at, at all at, at some level. So you understand what I'm saying? So I, I never blame the kids. But when you tell people that they're not responsible for what's happened to them generationally because of, of, of slavery and then Jim Crow and then institutionalized racism, then you're putting them in the place of a child. 
and it's offensive. It is completely and totally and entirely offensive to put, um, especially when we're talking about the great achievements of ADOS over the past 400 years to put ADOS in the place of children that need protection, that need someone to, you know, what run interference for them to protect them from from the bad orange man and the horrible racist and the Nazi people like Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro's a Nazi? No, he's an Orthodox Jew. Oh, that's different. In any case, you see what I'm saying? You see where they're going with this? This is what, and this is what they're going to run on. So, so we might as well be ready for it. This started way back with uh, President Obama. And a lot of us said er, early then, back in 2008, you can go back and listen to the programs that are on Blog Talk Radio right now. You're on, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, go back and look at programs that I did in 2008, especially the spring of 2008, where I basically said if, you know, if Barack Obama gets uh, the nomination, anything said against Barack Obama will be deemed racist and then and thus then disregarded. There can be no policy discussions. There can be no disagreement on policy because any disagreement will be will deemed will be deemed racist and that'll be the end of the discussion because frankly no one wants to be called racist. Nobody wants to be called a bigot. Nobody wants to be called a homophobe. Nobody wants to be called Islamic uh, uh, Islamophobe. So the hope then is when you can call somebody these names that you will shut them up. And nobody wants to be associated with anybody who is deemed any of these names. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to be associated with anybody, right? So the idea is to is to break people's association with Donald Trump by labeling Donald Trump a homophobe and a racist and a Islamophobe and a xenophobe and a and and you know what, I don't know, uh a rickatickliophobe. I don't know what an rickatickliophobe is. I just made that up. And the fact I was able to say a rickatickliophobe more than once in a row without stuttering. Amazing. That shows how good I am. But, and the idea then is that anybody connected with Donald Trump is supporting racism and bigotry and hatred. This is the only thing they got. That is the most amazing thing to me. That's the only, that's all they have. They don't have anything, ladies and gentlemen. They just don't, they don't have anything else. They just don't. Nothing. They got nothing else. So now, the idea, the idea now is to see if whoever is going to come out of the shoot on the Democratic side, on the Democrat side, I should say Democratic, on the Democrat side, can continue pushing that narrative down the road. This is what they're doing. And and they are going to try to continue as much as they can to push the narrative, especially to the black community, that it's the same old story that, that they've been pushing forever, that they need protection. Um, what they're starting to see, I mean, this is this is very well planned out. 
um, because what what the left is starting to see is that a lot of a lot of black people are becoming Trump you know what some of them actually Trump supporters and what they're not getting is as many Trump haters you know I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you and, and I've said this before you know not everybody who is who thinks that Trump is not wrong are becoming Republicans some Republicans would like to believe that's happening but that is not what's happening at all so that's not, that's not what's happening What's starting to happen is that people are starting to think for themselves and saying, you know what? When Donald Trump says what he says about Baltimore, he's not wrong. <laughs> I love that clip that, you know, that live shot where the you know, talking head there is talking about the racist things that Donald Trump said about Elijah Cummings and the terrible things he said about Baltimore. And in the live shot in the background is a rat running across the street, running, running across the building. <laughs> it was, it was too much. It was too much. So a lot of people are, are, are thinking that, you know, what, what, what Trump says about, about Baltimore is not wrong. What Trump says about other places in the country that have been historically run by the left or run by Democrats is not wrong. It's just not wrong. When you look at Los Angeles and there's probably 35 or 40,000 homeless people there living amongst the fleas, living amongst the rats in the street of a major metropolitan city in America. The same metropolitan, you know, what cities that want to offer sanctuary to illegal aliens while Americans Americans live on the street amongst the fleas getting bitten getting typhus uh, there was a fear that there'd be typhoid fever typhoid fever spread in, in the streets of a major city in America and local officials along with their state and federal counterparts are trying to offer sanctuary to people who have come to the country illegally. So Trump's not wrong. So there are more and more black people who are saying, you know what? I don't know if I, I don't know if I like the guy, but he's not wrong. So to, to push the narrative that Trump is wrong on these things is, is going to, in my opinion, backfire. And this is why they're trying to make sure that they can paint Donald Trump and anybody who is associated with, with Donald Trump is a racist. And who are they trying to associate today? Um, what what they believe are a lot of the Tea Party hold uh, Ronald Reagan in very high esteem, right? And now, because of a, a comment that he made to Richard Nixon on, on the telephone, purportedly, now he is ineffective to use because Ronald Reagan is now a avowed racist. Right? So this is their strategy. And for some people it's going and for some people it's going to work on. I'm just going to say it right here and now. Um, for some people it's going to work. Some people are going to tone down 
their support of the president. They're going to back off. They're going to be afraid because, again, nobody wants to be called a racist or, or, or associate with racism or support racism or bigotry or hate. Nobody does. And so what they're going to do is paint the Republican Party uh, as a history with a history of racism and bigotry, at least dating back to the vaunted and much beloved Ronald Reagan. And of course, Nixon, who parroted some parroted, of course, in, in this in this uh, audio tape, parroted some of the remarks that he'd heard from from Ronald Reagan. This is their strategy moving forward. And all the time to put black people in the role of children who are not responsible for themselves and need protection. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I don't know if you really think that the Democrats mean the, you know, mean the best and they're the guardians at the gate to fend off the mean, bad, orange people. If you believe that. Or if you're someone who says, you know what? I really don't, I don't really need or want protection from racism, from the people who have a history of starting the Ku Klux Klan, who wrote, (coughs) excuse me, the Jim Crow laws and enforce them all over the South um, or the people who were the the Northern Democrats in the 70s the same, the same time frame we're talking about with the comments between Reagan and Nixon who were in Boston Boston throwing rocks at busloads of black children that were being bussed in from the inner city to the suburbs when forced busing took place. Those weren't those weren't Tea Party supporters throwing rocks at those you know at those buses. Those were Union Democrats, white Union uh, Union Democrats, uh, liberals, and lots of them, who just didn't want those children, those black children, in their white schools. Now we could. <laughs> Again, we could have these kind of conversations, but if we have these kind of conversations live, they just turn into name calling, and I just don't have any time for any of that name calling. Um, I'm doing this. I'm recording this in the middle of the night uh, because I have to work tomorrow morning. I got at, at nine fifteen. I got to be on the job, so uh, which I means I have to leave here at eight fifteen. So I don't have any time to go back and forth. I don't have any time not to get my point across. Dealing with madness, so. This is why I'm doing it this way. But we have to think about these things. If any, if any of the uh, any of the two parties has a history that is racist, it has to fall on the side of, of the Democrat Party. Now I know that the the whole idea of the of the big switch is something that a lot of you buy into. There's one. There's one big problem with that. It never happened, which is the biggest problem. It never happened. When the Democrats bring up Ronald, Ronald Reagan as being racist or or Richard Nixon, 
they may have made racist comments. I'm just going to, that audio, I'm just going to say that it's true and it's, and it's unedited. However, we're talking about the Ku Klux Klan and Robert Byrd and actions. The attacking of black businesses, black churches, the lynching of black people, actions of the Ku Klux Klan, as opposed to some horrible, offhanded comments about Africans and monkeys and swinging from trees and just getting used to wearing shoes. Terrible things to say. I'm not giving them a break. Not much I can do because they're dead, right? Especially for 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 um for saying the wrong words. Robert Byrd, different situation. Mem- member of the Ku Klux Klan, not just some. Uh, he was a member of a local chapter for, you know, for two months, and then he disavowed the whole thing. That didn't happen. He was in leadership of the Klan for an extended period of time. And then when it became politically disad, um, a, 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 a political disadvantage to him, then and only then did he, did he, quote, apologize and disavow his time in. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Gotta do what I gotta do, boys. You, under, you understand? I'm still with you. But you understand? You know, I gotta make it look like... Look like, you know, we like the niggers. We got to keep getting elected so we can keep protecting the white man. You know what I'm saying? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So, yes, I'm not excusing if indeed these conversations are real. And I'm not so sure they are because I'm just not that trusting a sort anymore. If they are real, they're terrible and awful. And he, and... Again, I was not somebody who was a big Ronald Reagan fan then or now, really. And frankly, I was, I'm, a, I'm a little too young for Nixon. I was a little kid. Um, I mean, I was a little kid uh, back then. I was seven or eight or whatever. So Reagan, I was in college. And I was telling Shirley, you know, Reagan was the guy that, you remember when he got shot? I was coming home from um, from class at FSU, and and one of my roommates or one of my suite mates said they shot Ronald Reagan. I was like, no, they can't shoot Ron. That ain't right. And it wasn't like we knew a damn thing about Ronald Reagan. We know Ronald Reagan was the president, but none of us knew a damn thing about Ronald Reagan. We were college kids who just were not plugged in, and we just didn't we didn't give a crap. I know there are people were screaming on both sides and there weren't and there wasn't really even much fuss at school. It was a much different time and Florida State was known where I was, the Berkeley of the South, so um it was fairly politically active. I wasn't. And neither were any 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 of my friends. Which <laughs> is which is kind of amazing. None of my friends were, were politically active. None of us. So none of us none of us really hated Reagan. We were like, oh, Ronald Reagan, that, that old fart is the president. Okay, whatever. Because it was just, if it wasn't going to be 
it wasn't going to be Reagan. It was going to be um, Walter Mondale, right? Some other old white dude. We didn't care. My friends cared about chicks and beer. That's it. Music, chicks, and beer. And as long as we had a good supply of all three, life was good. I'm just going to be honest with you. So, um, if the Democrats are, are, are pulling this strategy to paint the entire Republican Party and conservative movement as racist, to as sort of a, um, a bug spray to keep anybody from supporting them, especially openly, I am curious as as what the effectiveness is going to be. You keep saying racist long enough and then and then the word will have no meaning. And then people will say, I'm not racist. I don't care. And this is something that, that I, I, want, I, want, I want to tell white folks. Listen to me carefully because this is important. White folks, if you're still here, white folks, shut up for a second. Listen to this very carefully. If they're not talking about you, they're not talking to you. It's very simple. If you are not a racist, being accused of one doesn't make it doesn't matter. If you're not a racist, being accused of being one doesn't matter. It should not be a blip on your radar screen. It's like somebody calling you a ballpoint pen. Are you a ballpoint pen? No. Do you care if I call you a a ballpoint pen? No. It's kind of silly, isn't it? Yeah. Are you a racist? No. Then why do you care if I call you a racist? Because it kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. But you got to look at it like they're calling you a ballpoint pen. It's silly. And you don't have to prove to anybody that you're not a racist. Stop trying to prove that you're not a racist. Because that is annoying. That is some left this crap to do. And you don't have to. You do not have to prove that you're not a racist. Because frankly, you can't prove you're not anything. Hell, you can't prove to me you're not a ballpoint pen. If I've decided you're a ballpoint pen, you are a ballpoint pen. And it's funny I say this because I've gotten into the discussion just for fun with people all the time. And they're like, damn, I may be a ballpoint pen. (laughs) I think you are. I think you bear all the resemblance of being a ballpoint pen. Or at least a ballpoint pen, a sympathizer. You're wearing the uniform of a ballpoint pen. So if someone's calling you a racist and you're not a racist, then they're not talking to you. If they're not talking about you, they're not talking to you. Ignore them. A long time ago, and you can hear that interview on um, Blog Talk Radio as well, I, a program I did with Jesse Lee Peterson, and he mentioned on my program that we are going to deal with this until basically white people stop being afraid of being called a racist. The left has made white people, white folks, just scared to death of the R word. Not retarded. Well, that too. I was scared to say the word retarded. Um, but also, 
just terrified of being called a racist. Stop being afraid. If you're not a racist, it's not a problem. Now, if you're a racist, then you then you and I got a big ass problem. We've got a huge problem if you're a racist. If you're a bigot, you and I have a big problem. But if you're not, we don't got. I got no problem. I got no problem. I don't care. But the problem, you know, you know, again, the problem for me always is this: is that we've got to stop. I mean, we have to look at the left, and this is what they are doing. This is exactly what they are doing. They are trying their best, trying their level best to make sure that they can paint Republicans and conservatives in the 2020 election as racist. This is, only, this is their only plan. They simply don't have another agenda. And, I, I, and, I'll, and you know what I'll tell you? I'll tell you why. It's because too many people are doing too well for them to have anything really to complain about because it's always about the economy. It's always about how people believe they're doing. That's what it's about. And right now, too many people believe they're doing too well. Now, I'm not saying that there are people who, who, aren't, do, who aren't doing well. I'm not saying that at all. I just told you there's 30,000 or 35,000 homeless people living in, in Los Angeles. They're not doing well. They're, this is the Trump economy for them. We're talking about uh, a homeless and population in places like Seattle of 10 or 15,000. This is a Trump economy for them. Not everybody is doing great. What the left is trying to paint the picture of is that everybody's doing horrible. Nobody believes that they have a chance to make it. Um, only the super wealthy have a chance to make it. This is the picture that the left is trying to paint in order to get reelected. And the, and the real struggle here for me is that that's just not true. It just isn't the truth. It's not what's real. There is more opportunity than ever. I am going to do an interview with a, a very good uh, young man here in the Tampa area. His name is Sam Harris III, and he is our local expert on Opportunity Zones. And we're going to sit down. I'm going to bring him on a, on a program that I do called Talking With. And we're going to talk about opportunity zones and what they mean to people who live in urban areas. And how we can participate in growing generational wealth. Because general generational wealth is actually the answer to all of this. And the left, the, the Democrats, don't want us to know anything about generational wealth. Because they want to be our protectors. They want to be um, our vanguards against mean black, mean orange man, racist Republicans. And this is what they're going to push. All of them are going to push. So it doesn't really matter which one of them wins the primary. Um, wins the primaries and ends up being the, the eventual nominee of the Democrat Party. All of them will, will push Racism, 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 racism. Um, unfortunately, they're going to push that until it doesn't mean anything. So when, so when it really happens, or uh, when it really needs to be pushed, 
no one's going to buy it because they're sick to death of hearing it. And at the same time, they've seen too much success from the supposedly marginalized communities that um, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says that some, some of these marginalized communities don't have any other options but to riot. What kind of irresponsible, ridiculous talk is that from a U.S. rep? That these marginalized communities don't have any other option but to riot. What? This is this is your Democrat Party. This is not your grandma's Democrat Party. That's for damn sure. It ain't your great grandma's Democrat Party for sure. This is not the party of uh, of Kennedy. Not by any stretch of the imagination. This is the uh, the idealized party of someone like Woodrow Wilson, who was a raging, raging progressive. The beginning of the progressive movement in America, Woodrow Wilson, who did what? Who segregated the who segregated the military, right? He he, he because. Progressives have to have people in groups and in boxes so when it comes time to pit them against one another, it works. So one of the more racist presidents we've had was not Ronald Reagan. It was Woodrow Wilson. But there's probably no phone conversations between Woodrow Wilson and FDR, right? But we had this bit of this bit of footage that somebody looked for, and this might be, this might hurt Trump. Okay, we are going to talk about, and I and I, and I didn't get to it today. We did talk about it a little bit on my Facebook Live, and we we will talk about it tomorrow. I want to get my friend <clears throat> Paul Swanson in on maybe we'll do a, a B Live um, dot TV um, podcast about. The state of California has decided that Donald Trump cannot be on the ballot in California unless he shows the attorney general five of California five years of his tax returns. They have passed a law that says that no gubernatorial candidate or presidential candidate can be on the ballot in California unless they show the AG of California five years of their tax returns. I'm of the mind that this will not hold up in court. I'm of the mind that this is this is any this doesn't have anything to do with finding out good information and making sure that you have good people it has nothing to do with that. This is all about stopping Trump. Is it going to stop Trump? We have a lot of theories. We have a lot of um, things we need to talk about. I talked about them some on the live. So if you want to go to my Facebook page, you can check that out and um, you can comment there. But in the meantime, I got to get out of here because I got to go to work tomorrow. I got to go to work in the morning. So until we until I see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for goodness sakes, take care of yourself. But before I go, Urban Game Changers is having our first annual conference, our first annual national conference um, in conjunction with um, Hampton, Virginia's celebration of ADOS. ADOS are the African descendant of slaves. Um, it's been 400 years since then Africans were brought here to this continent. And we are going to celebrate the accomplishment of those folks 
from August 21st through August 25th in Hampton, Virginia. Well, actually, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, the, uh, we are going to have our conference in conjunction with the celebration of ADOS. Uh, Shirley Hussar, Phil Scott, T. West, Sonny Johnson, Kenneth Hussar, myself, and a whole bunch of other other people. It's going to be a great time um, with presentations from us, panel discussions that that you will get to be a part of, you get to see and actually be a part of, um, being held in a in a very very nice uh, hotel space, a a resort area and all for the price of $169 a night if indeed you use the um, the code UGC UGC um, if you use the code when you uh, register for your room now the conference if you don't want to pay money to get into the conference there are tickets on the website that are actually for the conference for free all, all you'd have to do is pay for your flight to there or, or if you're driving, that's cool. Um, parking is, I believe parking is free. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, please. But um, if you want to, to fly there, you'd have to pay, pay for your Spirit Airline. Get your tickets quickly because the closer you guys who fly know the closer to um, when you want to be there, the more expensive they are, of course. And. The it and, and the room rates are one hundred and sixty nine dollars a night, which is incredible for this resort. Uh, if you use the the code UGC, go to UrbanGameChangersConference.com, UrbanGameChangersConference.com, and sign up today. So again, until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we. See you. Bye-bye now.